following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. So, how many of you have attended a different service besides here at Crossroads Church? Once or twice? Okay. Speaking to the right crowd. Um, well, I'm sure you've had different experiences at different churches. And since I've been a Christian, I've been to three different churches in New Hampshire. And the first one was one of those churches where when you go, you sit down, you listen to a sermon for maybe 20, 25 minutes. And it was one of those kind of feel-good services um, to lift you up for a few days. Um, And then after that, people are cleared out within 20 minutes or so. And there wasn't really any horizontal relationship. Um, I knew that when you're there, you're supposed to have a relationship with God. And that's true about church, um, but there's more to that. There's a family of families that goes on in the church. Um, And so this first church is what John Piper calls a minimum church. And a minimum church is a body of believers who gather together, and when they gather, it's more than just a Bible study or um, like a prayer group. Um, They practice communion and baptism, and um, they participate in teaching and worship, and they have established leadership. But a a minimum church is not striving to be all that God is intending them to be. And so it was this first church that was a lot different than the second church that I went to. Um, The second church, I knew a few people um, because I was involved in a ministry that they were putting on. And the first time that I went there, it was a lot different. Um, People were coming to introduce themselves, and they were shaking my hand, and they were even coming up and hugging me. And at 16 years old, that was kind of weird. I didn't know what that was about. But as time went on, I understood um, that this was a church who was truly striving to be that all um, God wanted them to be. They were fellowshipping um, and just had really good teaching. Now, the third church that I've attended is this one right here at Crossroads Church. And right away, I know that we have no problem being a church. Um, We are blessed with a body of believers who gather in good worship, um, under good teaching and leadership. But the question is, as a church, are we striving to be all that Christ is asking us to be? And there's a lot of places in the New Testament where we could go and see how the household of God is supposed to be ordered. Um, But today I want to take us a quick glimpse at how the early church started. Um, The church that began to take shape after the pouring out of the Holy Spirit um, during Pentecost. And the church that was under the leadership of the apostles. And as we see what the early church looked like, the question is, were they a minimum church or a maximum church? And if they were a maximum church, um, what can we take away to use today? So our scripture reading comes from Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So immediately within the first verse, verse 42, there's a few things that we can take away. Um, First off, we know that the people of the early church were dedicated to the apostles' teaching. Um, And this doctrine, it was called... um, two different pieces, the kerygma and the didache. And the kerygma is just another term for the gospel presentation, um, orally speaking out about um, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. 
there's this oral tradition that Peter uses um, a few verses before verse 42 um, to reach the 3,000 people during Pentecost. And the second aspect is called the Didache. And the Didache is split up into two different pieces. Um, the first one is talking about um, the way of the Christian life, how to love your neighbors and to love God and to be hospitable. And the second part um, acts as like a church manual. It talks about baptism and communion, um, church leadership, and the second coming of Christ. Um, so the Didache are the teachings of Christ given to the apostles through the Spirit. And it's the written manuscript um, that we still have today. It's copied down by the apostles. And so along with teaching, they were dedicated to fellowship. And in this passage, um, the term uh, fellowship is translated as koinonia. And in my mind, when I think about that, I think that there was like a true depth of knowing each other um, and knowing uh, their passions and what was going on with each other day to day. So along with doctrine, fellowship, um, the early Christians were dedicated to the breaking of bread. And this breaking of bread is understood to be communion, um, and it may or may not have been included in like a larger meal. And I think it I think it was. I think it took on the shape of how we do it here. Um, I know next week we'll be having the bigger meal downstairs. And when we do that, we usually have the bread in the cup. Um, so I think that that what was happening like around a dinner table. So verses 44 to 45. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And so the early church was great at making sure that the needs of the community were met. And it's that community or family mindset that I think that the church is called to um, today as well. And this is an example, again, of that koinonia term. Um, it's a mindset that we see multiple times um, as Acts continues. Verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Um, here we see that the disciples were meeting daily. Um, and they weren't just meeting in some synagogue, but they were meeting in the temple in Jerusalem. And if you've had the privilege to be there, it's absolutely beautiful. The second part of verse 46. Um, in breaking bread from house to house, they ate with food, uh, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So not only did the early Christians meet in the temple, but they met in their homes. Um, and this would have been either in each other's homes or they would have had some kind of benefactor for the larger meetings. And during this gathering, um, they would have eaten the meal, they would have taken communion, and they also would have discussed um, this teaching that I mentioned earlier. But it wouldn't have been um, like a lecture type. It would have been a Socratic discussion, meaning we would dialogue about the teaching. And the idea was to come to one mind um, about the teaching and come to a conclusion and an agreement with each other. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And so I don't think that this was just a side note. I think that the that there's weight to this as well, that the early church was impacting their community um, far beyond, like, beyond just believers themselves. Um, I think that they were having an impact on the non-believers as well. Verse 47, uh, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So I mentioned earlier that there was 3,000 people that were added to the church. So it wasn't just one big day um, that the Lord added to the church, but you had a steady blessing in Jerusalem that the Spirit was doing work. 
And so I've read this passage over and over again, not just preparing for today, but this is a key passage um, in the schooling that I'm doing. And when I I imagine their gathering times, I think that there was a sweetness to their fellowship. Um, If you are gathering daily with people, um, like I said, you know their, um, I guess their troubles and what they're struggling with um, and the blessings that are going on in their family as well. And if you're gathering at each other's homes, I think about what that might have looked like. If you're sitting around the dinner table and you're taking communion, um, I know personally I've been to house church settings where we're trying to take communion or we're trying to listen to a teaching and there's babies crying and there's dogs running around at the foot of the table and they're begging. But to me, that's the Christian life. Um, it's just life day to day, and I think that's what we were called to do is share that life with each other. And so another takeaway is if they were conducting themselves to have favor with non-believers, um, I think we should be aware of how we as individuals, myself included, and a church as a whole, how are we acting when people are looking on the inside? And lastly, this is the most important takeaway, I think, from the early church, is I mentioned that um, Peter talks about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and that 3,000 people were added to the church. But right between those two events, the 3,000 people ask what they should do with this good news. So verse 38, uh, chapter 2, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children. So you see, unless we, have, um, unless we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, I think all of our attempts to um, reach the outside or win favor with others or to worship or to even establish a church, I think it's emptiness without Jesus um, because it's not rooted in his person and work. So I ask that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, um, I urge you to call upon him and ask that the Spirit would enter your life and to change your heart. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for your word. Um, We're thankful that we can know you, know your character. Um, I pray that you would be with us as we depart, Lord, and I just pray that uh, we would continue in fellowship, um, that we would grow closer to you and grow, um, grow closer together. I ask all of this in your son's name. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.